Hey, everybody, before we start the show, I want you to let you know this is a super show. It is a little longer than normal, and it's a little bit different format today. We had a chance to sit down with Ken Bentley, who is a psychic medium. We are at the Blood Moon Parafest. Ken came in, sat down in front of the audience, and we never really introduced him or that. We just started talking because he just sat down and started talking. And if you remember last week, we talked to Ben Goldman. And what was ironic is we did the interview with Ken right after Ben. And when Ken sat down, he tried to get Ben to marry his girlfriend right there at the event. So that's what you'll hear at the beginning. And then we get into a great conversation with him. I know you're going to love this interview. It's a little different. It's edited different. I really didn't cut out anything. It's just hit record and go. And I really enjoy it. And remember, please do us a favor right now. Hit that subscribe button. It's either called subscribe or follow, depending on which format you're on. It's free. And please leave a five-star positive rating and review. We really need those reviews. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the 222 Paranormal Podcast, starring your hosts, Jen Shortridge and hmm. the birthday boy, Joey. Yes. Happy birthday, my brother. Yep. Yesterday was my birthday. Today we're celebrating here yes. at Simpson Hospital. Yes. So and I ladies win, and I did gentlemen, win an award. Joe won an award for the best costume, and we'll best post costume. that yeah. up on... Best costume. I won an award. Joe, <laughs> you're an award-winning host. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not alone is our podcast award-winning. Right, right. We have the hostess. No, it's great. We're at Stimson Hospital in Eaton Rapids, Michigan, a famously haunted old, I mean, this place is like an amazing old building. And, you know, Joe and I, we love architecture. We love history. We love going into places the, no one else can go. Yeah. But yeah. people can come in here. And we have a full house today. We do, and we have a really special guest for you guys. We um, were able to interview uh, Ken Bentley, who is a psychic medium. He gave me a reading earlier that was so spot on. He was mm-hmm. telling me everything that I already knew but needed to confirm. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you guys one little snippet that he told me okay. um, that I need to be writing again. Yes. Yeah. And it's so true. It's so yes. true because... You know, that's my passion, and I love it, and I need to find the time to do it. Exactly. But, um, yeah, Ken, we met him here at the show. He's coming down here any minute now. He's going to sit down here yep. and do an interview. But, oh, there he is. Hold on. So, welcome to the show, Ken. Um, yeah, just sit right here, and we'll interview, and we're going to have a good time. It's we got to hit record. Man. I know. You know, we've done you gotta full interviews and forgot to hit the record button. Yes. Or we thought we did, and it didn't record. Yeah. Bill Kotleski, every time we interview him, it never works out somehow. <laughs> He's a UFO so guy. Fair. Yeah. All so right. when are you guys going to get married? Yeah. Seb, when are you going to get married? When? Yeah. When? When? Not where. We don't care about where. Let's do it right now. I'm a minister. I can take care of this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Bam, done. Boom. I make it simple. Do you do? 
Do you do? <laughs> Done. I mean, you feel the love, though, right? I mean, you feel it. Can well, you feel the love tonight? At some point in time, you're going to have to figure out that is the best you're going to get, son. Aww. And she makes you complete. That's so and sweet. It's a vi- and it's a vice versa thing. Yeah, it is. What I see. I'm sorry if I'm intruding, but you 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 need to step up your game. Oh, he's he's turning red. He's turning red. We should get a picture of this. Yeah. <laughs> stop, stop looking down. There's nothing there. Look up and look forward, because nothing's out there but you. The only person you need to impress in this room is you. She's already impressed. Oh. And I don't mean to be that. I'm not trying to say that you're not doing it. But every time I see you, you're always looking down. Why? There's nothing there. Just like God didn't put your eyes in the back of your head to watch your ass walk away. You put your eyes in the front so you can see where you're going. So you can watch her ass walk away. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Love is in the air every time I look around. We got people. Yep. There. Are you guys live? Well, yeah. I was gonna say that was perfect. Well, duh. Psychic. Hello. I mean, <laughs> you figured it. So, here, here you can use my ring. Ah, uh, listen. Right here. What would your parents do if they saw an engagement ring? No, we're not talking engagement. We're all. No, 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 no. Let me put it to you this way. I will tell you, this is how I see the value of women. You should be able to go to a dime store and go to a gumball machine and pull out a ring and say, will you marry me? And that should be everything she needs because it's not the ring. It's the intent behind the ring. The amount the diamond costs is irrelevant. And she loves the ring. So there you go. You're engaged. Congratulations. We've done it today, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, Ken Bentley. And we've done it. But don't put it back now. You already damaged it. It's yours now. Oh. It's adjustable. We can figure it out. There you go. You're engaged. Congratulations. You're not a trans. Ben's shaking in his shoes right now. I got to call my mom. What was your name, sir? Ben. And your name, ma'am? Angela. Angela. B and A. Bad attitude. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, figured it. Or beautiful. beautiful angels. Yes, I was, I was actually going to say beautiful engagement, but that's wrong. <laughs> Joe can't, can't spell. spell. Well, <laughs> well, we can say beautiful adjustment. There yeah. you go. Life adjustments. Speaking of adjustment, my neck. My neck. Yeah. See, you picked the right one. There you go. Well, when's mom and dad? When's mom and dad getting here? When's mom and dad getting here? Because I'm like, sure, you let know you got engaged today. <laughs> Congratulations, your daughter's getting married. Not now, but soon. And uh, we've got the, we've already got the dress figured out. We've got the, we've got the guy that's going to do the wedding. It's going to be me. I'm going to do the wedding for them, free of charge. This dress? Yes. No, I can't. I, not, not with suspenders. I mean. You know what? I don't care if you wear suspenders, bud. I don't care if you walk up in your underwear. When she She's wears wearing that dress. dress. When she wears this dress, she wants me to wear these. Well, then just deal yeah. with it, sweetheart. Um, the best sentence in a good marriage is, yes, dear. Yes. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> oh, I disagree with that statement. 
I disagree with that statement. Why is it? It's happy spouse, happy house. Oh, oh I like that. Because both spouses should be happy in that house. It's not a happy wife, happy life, because that means okay. it's all about her and you get no say so. But happy spouse, happy house. Oh. So it's equal. Um, so is there any spouses in my future? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's spouses in your future? Yeah, a couple no. exes, you, you rich exes. I was, I was just over at the store, and someone was asking me, hey, can you help me out a little bit? I said, yeah, my sister. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thanks for looking out for me. Hey, I'll pawn you off, but I'm not going to get much for it. I mean. He's like, somebody please take her off my hands. <laughs> The future, the future for you awaits. Yes. And we've already had this discussion yes. earlier. Not to divulge too much of it. It's okay. But it's time for you to work on you. Yeah. And the same for him. He has mm-hmm. to adjust his time yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. he's still working on that issue because mm-hmm. he's, it's, he's not as charismatic as you are. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. He's kind of works the background noise and kind of takes control from there. Yeah. But. When he starts to own him, he's going to step into his light and he's going to go, hey, how you doing? Right. Then <laughs> he's going to be like. As I want nothing more for him. Yeah. Man. I want all, uh, my brother's been a good brother. Own, good. own yourself. Yeah. If you own your presence, everybody right. else own, helps you. Yeah. And that's the whole process is people like, you're intimidating. No. It's the fact that I know who I am and I know my value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you know your value. Well, yeah. guess what? Then everybody knows you're not going to yeah. take anything less than their, their, their 110%. Yeah. Absolutely. So I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So questions. Yeah, yes. Questions. I've been doing all the talking. You guys yes. have been sitting here laughing at me. No, we love it. Because, you know, it's like every time that we bring someone on the show, every single guest that we have, we've always learned something. We've yeah. learned something new. Um, and, and that's the beauty of, you know, doing this podcast for a long time. Ooh, Quit messing with the microphone. My golly. I know. Leave it it's one shrinking. Spot. I like to hang my hand over. Um, no, you know, it's, 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 all, it's such an amazing journey of, of, of learning and understanding, you know, all of the things that encompass what we call paranormal, you know, being a psychic, being a medium, being a ghost hunter, being a Bigfoot researcher, um, you know. It's amazing. I love this because we can always learn something new. There's a lot in, in the paranormal field now. When I was uh, coming in, taking in my gift more and more and more and more, mm-hmm. the harder I got into it, the more they said, you need to talk to more of the dead. You need to go ghost hunting. You need to do investigations. You need to do this. You need to do this. And my ex didn't understand that. I said, I go where spirit tells me to go and they're Mm. telling me to do this. And the more I got into it, the more when I go investigating with my, with my team, Mm -hmm. I don't want to know anything about the history. Yeah. I don't ask anything about the location. I walk in and I, I take the location as is Mm -hmm. no history, no presence, no, no jaded experiences because you might walk in there and you felt a scratch or you heard a stomp. And she may have walked in and had someone touch her hair. That's your experience mm-hmm. that you're supposed to have. My experience is I'm going to take it all in as I've never been here before. Yeah. And then walk in and go, okay, I know where I need to go. And I allow them to guide me where they want me to go, whether it's the basement or the attic mm-hmm. or a closet or the kitchen or a bathroom. Because ghosts are going to be where they want to be. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing I find out about the more I've done investigations is we're in their timeline. Okay. They're not in ours. Oh, okay. So when we're walking through a home, we may be stepping into their timeline, 
that just happened across hours at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I look at it as there is a time warp there or a junction in time where we meet mm -hmm. and their, their spirit is at the same position as we are where we're allowed to communicate, talk to them, or see them. Yeah. And in some cases, have them touch you. Do they see us as ghosts or spirits or do they, they know see, that we're living? They see the spirit. The essence, so like, as a medium, okay. as a medium, what they they don't see our body, uh -huh. they see the light. Oh, okay. So they're guided okay. by that light. They okay. see that beacon and go, "Hey, I can talk to this one. This one will help me get my message to this one," and so on and so on and so on. So what I've learned is, I don't. I take what they give me, yeah. and I just turn to the person who's directed to and say, "Hey, you know, so and so is here, and they want to talk to you. And this is what they're telling me, and they're going to show me a representation of what they look like, and I'm going to describe them. They're going." holy crap, that's my Uncle Tom. I'm like, yeah, well, he's telling me you're being a dumbass. <laughs> you, figure it out. Yeah. Quit, you know, you need to step up your game, either take control of what you're doing or quit. Yeah. But sitting here in your diapers thinking you can't do anything is wrong. You're blaming everybody else for what you should be doing. Instead, own your stuff. Just go out there and do it mm -hmm. because you're not. Yeah. Um, I, I was born with the gift. I was... My whole life story was I was the ultimate best friend's best friend. Mm -hmm. I knew all the hot girls, and I was their confidant. And I couldn't date a single one of them. Ah. But what I learned as I grew older was that's what they needed. Mm -hmm. They needed a guy that, could, that wasn't going to hit on them or use that information to their advantage and actually just be their friend. But mm -hmm. at, at that time, I was like, ah, this sucks. I yeah. wanted to date her. She's, yeah. she's beautiful. I mean, uh, she just told me all our deep dark secrets well I can't do that that's yeah. just that you know to me it was unethical mm -hmm. you know so I learned that you know yeah I, I can't do that and I've learned to turn it on and turn it off and finally one day a friend of mine because I used to do tarot card readings and she's like why do you use tools mm -hmm. and I go what do you mean mm -hmm. what, what tools are you talking about you use tarot cards or you use uh, what's those other cards uh Oracle cards. Oracle cards. That's okay. it. Yeah. Oracle cards. Thank you. And I, well, yeah, but I said, you know, you're laying the cards on. You're still saying the same thing without the cards. You're just, I said, yeah, but it's a good representation to them. And she goes, you don't need that. Okay. Stop doing that. Mm -hmm. Just do what you've already been doing. You don't need the cards. They don't need a the visual. They just need you to impact them. And I'm like, okay. So now that's all I do. I just hold your hand. I touch your spirit. And they see, and then your your guys get my guys. They have a little party, and they go, "Hey, they need to hear this." And I do what they call an open channel, at least to me, yeah. is they'll tell me what they want to say, and I repeat exactly what they say. Oh, okay. I don't interpret it. Mm -hmm. I don't judge it. I don't change what they say because it changes the message. Yeah. Just like writing, when you write a story, it changes when you write because you're trying to equate a value a word value to that thought process mm -hmm. so you change the story instead if you talk out your story it's the same and then you go back and have someone write it for you exactly the way you say it that story makes sense yeah but you change the story when you start writing it so i've learned just tell them what it is yeah. and as i always tell people it's not my message mm -hmm. you know but messages are a double-edged sword so there may be something i'll say to you that you're working on that I need to work on. Yeah. So I'll get something from the same reading. It's something, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working on the same shit. He's, yeah, I'm working on that too. Oh, yeah, I'm working on that. Man, you guys are killing me today. Why do why, <laughs> why you keep throwing it back in my face? I got the message. I'm yeah. working on it. Give mm -hmm. me some time. But they're going to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's amazing that way 
And with the paranormal, it's fun because you get to meet new and exciting people that you technically can't see. Yeah. You know. Um, Interesting. Do they ever um, give you any knowledge or or um, information that we wouldn't know here on this plane? Oh, yeah. Like sigils mm-hmm. and signs. Yeah. Um, I've gotten sigils before that don't make sense. I've wrote them out and I've taken on several people that I know that are that do that. What they, that's what they know. They're like, uh-huh. I've never seen that sign before in my life. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, well, it, it's got to make sense somewhere. But mm-hmm. they're not telling me what it is per se. But the, I, I got one and I, I, I drew it out and I just left it there. And somebody had walked by later on and put their hand on the same book. And they said, that book is vibrating. Oh. I said, yeah, that's mine. I said, you, that's not for you to touch. But it's okay. You didn't uh-huh. know. Yeah. But thank you for the affirmation that the books, they said it vibrates. I'm like, okay. Define the vibration. Is it humming? Is it one sound? Is it a frequency? Yeah. You know, because everything's different. And that's the one thing that people don't understand with paranormal is the same thing is we work in frequencies. Your body's a frequency. When you find that frequency that matches your body, mm-hmm. you can change your body's tone. Yeah. So, and nobody understands that. Yeah. The same thing with them. They understand frequencies because mm-hmm. that's what they are. And that's what you use to gather their information, whether it's, you know, digital digital recorders are mm-hmm. perfect for that because it hears sounds we can't hear. You know, I, I yeah. think I was telling you the story before about the Roth house. I'm in there in the master bedroom. And it's the first exorcism. This house had the first exorcism in the world. Watsik, Illinois. And I'm up in the master bedroom. And I got the team in there. We're, we're just kind of sitting there trying to see what would happen and if he would talk. Because mm-hmm. he was a notorious player. The gentleman was. Mm-hmm. And in the background, when I was doing my EVPs and I was listening to the EVPs, you hear bed, bed springs squeaking in the background. Yeah. <laughs> but on the EVP, it was clear as day. Wow. But physically, we couldn't hear that noise. That's so you interesting. You couldn't hear that yeah. in the background. I'm like, okay, this is kind of... Okay, you do you, man. Go for it. But yeah. it's just uh-huh. one of those things. Um, and everybody has that. Everybody has a tell. They can sense something. Mm-hmm. Empaths are notorious for sensing an environment, but they don't understand what they're getting. Mm-hmm. And what I always teach uh, empaths is they're uh, visualists. If they can see it in their head, it exists. So if you okay. see pink unicorns and purple polka dots, they exist. Yeah. I, I can't challenge that. Yeah. But you can make them disappear. So what I always tell them is if you sense an energy that doesn't feel comfortable to you, mm-hmm. give it a color. And the object of the lesson is to take that color, we'll say black, just for conversation, a lot of people use black. And you take that color, and the object of the lesson is to make it lighter so it's clear. So when you're done doing what you're doing and making it disappear, you're literally making the color black disappear from that spot, you've kicked that energy out of your system. Okay. Now you've kicked it out, and it no longer bothers you. You're not you're not affected by all that, yeah. and that's what they teach empaths because they're the most delicate. Mm-hmm. They sense everything. Yeah. They can tell you a room has changed. They yeah. can say this is not a good place to be, or they don't understand, but they know it exists. Uh-huh. But they don't. They can't. They can't put their finger on why, because mm-hmm. them it's all just about feeling. So to them, it's it's a whole different world, a whole different mindset, mm-hmm. and it's 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 hard for them to have that. And when I've taught people that, and I use my own energy as an example. I say, you feel my energy? And they go, yeah, well, I'm going to turn it up about 20 notches. I'm going to drop the verbal, 
hand grenade here and yeah. I'm going to blow up and I'm going to make you move. And I've had people move back in their chairs going, okay, okay, okay. Okay, well, now you're going to kick me out. And I tell them what to do. And they kick me out. And they're like, they're like okay, okay. And I said, well, that's what I'm trying to do is help you understand. You can kick me out. Mm-hmm. You can kick a ghost out. You can kick whoever you want out. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to visualize it and make it disappear. How do you deal with people who we call, and maybe this isn't the right term for it, but energy vampires who always want something from you and they're drain you of your energy. Like, Same concept. Yeah. Same concept, except I block them. Okay. I put up my own walls and I say, okay, I know what you are and I won't identify him. I won't point him out. Yeah. I'll just look him dead in the eye going, you're done. I'm going to slap you and you're not going to like my slap. <laughs> and I had one that got a serious headache from it because really? she thought it was funny oh. and was across the room at an expo. And ah. I kept feeling her just kind of prying away. And I looked at her and I just shook my head and going, yeah, that's not a good idea. And I said, okay, I'm going to make you my, I'm going to make you my point. And I geared all my energy at her mm-hmm. and said, how do you like that? And I walked up and I said, did you feel me? And she was, yes, sir. I said, mm-hmm. don't do it again. Yeah, I'm not your victim. Uh, Find somebody else to play with. I don't play well with others, and uh-huh. you don't want me. Does it happen often that people like target you like that, or is this like a unique thing? Like it's, it's fairly unique. Uh-huh. I mean, I look at um, you always you always have people take advantage of a psychic because you know things that you shouldn't know. Uh-huh. Number one, so a lot of people, yeah, they'll come up and say, "Hey, uh, what do you think about this business deal I'm getting into?" Why are you asking me? You already know the answer. Yeah, yeah. if you. I always tell people, if you follow your gut, it's the perfect example. And the point of your gut is, it's your belly button. Mm -hmm. Your belly button is your lineage from mother to child, mother to child, mother to child, all the way back to time beginning. So if your gut says this is not a good situation or it gives you butterflies Mm -hmm. or makes you feel nauseous, then you should listen. And you should leave that situation. If it makes you feel comfortable, then invite it and go play. Yeah. But people don't follow their guts. They so, don't and at that's all. That's what gets them in trouble. And I told them, I said, that's why you have accidents because I, you turn right instead of left. You know. Well, and that's the thing too is, you know, we all have the ability to become empathic or psychic or whatever you want to call it. We all have that ability, and the the root of that ability is your gut instinct. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And what I tell people is, we're all born with the gift. Mm-hmm. As a kid, you used to talk to ghosts. Yeah. You talk to spirit all the time. Nobody, you had a you had a best friend that nobody ever saw. Yeah. Well, we've taught our children to turn that off, so we jaded them to the experience. Well, that's wrong. The experience is actually real. Mm-hmm. And as we grow older, we're starting to realize, oh, I wasn't crazy after all. Yeah. I actually had a really good friend Johnny, and he was kind of cool. And it's sad because people go all their lives being told don't, 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 and then they come to these conventions. And we're all open-minded and like-minded, and they're just standing there like, okay, I'm feeling accepted now, yeah, you know? Yeah, and, 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 and I, I love skeptics, um, and skeptics are my bread and butter. Okay. Um, the, the best one I had was I had I was at an expo. It was a one-day expo, expo, and it was what I would term hardcore Bible thumper. Okay. They're, okay. they're, they're, they're yeah. the word of God, mm-hmm. and that's all that mm-hmm. exists. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. And he walks up, and he goes, what are two things you see with me? And right off the bat, because I remember this, I remember coming at you challenging, like, okay, he was was like, you're a psychic. Tell me, tell me two things Uh. about me. I'm like, okay, you want to be those guys. Okay. Fear and judgment. Well, don't everybody have that? And I go, yeah, you're right. But 
as we had our conversation, about 45 minutes later, through his own volition, his own words, he established fear and judgment. Yeah. And I stopped yeah. and I said, sir, I said, I love this conversation. Mm-hmm. But remember those two words you asked me about that I, sh- I got through? And he goes, yeah. And I says, do you understand that through your own volition, your own words, you established fear and judgment? Yeah. He shut up and walked away. Yeah. He's like, I got nothing. I got yeah. nothing. You, you know? made him realize his He thought he was going to disprove you. And yeah. He, and he, he and there, there's a, there's a, a bishop, um, and for love of God, I can't remember her name, but she wrote a book about how the church actually embraces psychics. Mm-hmm. And God embraced psychics because mm-hmm. he used them to tell his tale. Mm-hmm. When he couldn't get his word across to somebody, he yeah. knew there was people going to listen to what he's doing and say the same things. Yeah. And the story of, of however you want to look at God or the Garden of Eden or anything else, I don't care. It's the same story across all modalities mm-hmm. is was based on love and compassion. Yeah. That's it. It's not this word or this word or this word or, or you know, <coughs> whatever deity you pray to. If you pray to a deity, they exist. They're an incarnation of one. And I was listening to a, a webcast on the Dalai Lama, okay. who said it the best. You know, we all pray to the same person. We just do it differently. Right. But we all pray to the same one. Uh-huh. It's a Buddhist monk. And I've had it happen so many times where we're at conventions or even just out with our shirts on or whatever. Somebody will inevitably come up and say, well, I don't believe in all that. I'm a Christian. I'm like, okay. So you don't believe that Jesus passed away? Spent three days, which is the time that the Jewish religion believes. Spent three days and then rose to heaven? Well, yeah. You don't believe that at every funeral you say that the spirit is leaving the body and going up into heaven? They're like, yeah. I said, then you believe in it. No, that's not paranormal. Like, yeah, that is. It's the same thing. It's the yeah. same thing. It's the exact same mm-hmm. thing. All you're doing is using a, a proof that they used against everybody else mm-hmm. to embrace that. And, yeah. and I, look at, I look at everybody going, you know, you don't have to believe me. Mm-hmm. I said, let me take you into this room. Yeah. And I'm going to stand over in this corner, and I'm going to let you go to that corner. You tell me what you experience. And I had one couple that ran out of the room, and they're like, yeah, we're not going back in there. I go, so what's wrong? I thought you didn't believe in what I saw. Oh, I don't know what happened there, but that was just crazy. I'm like, so you got touched. How did you know? Because I watched him touch you. (laughs) But you had to experience it to understand what I'm seeing. And now you understand what we see and what we try to hopefully provide information for that it exists. We just can't prove it 110%. Mm -hmm. We can't give you a visual confirmation. That person is standing next to you because it's never going to happen. But do they exist? Yes, they do. I don't care if it's your dog, your cat, the cow, a horse. Mm-hmm. Animal spirits come all the time. Yeah, because they, they all have energy, all have a soul. Exactly. They all have energy. And and the neat thing about what I do is is my wife always tells people, I'm the animal whisperer. Uh-huh. I don't care what animal it is. They'll walk up to me and want to be petted. Uh-huh. And I've had horses do it. I had I was at a, at a, at a, uh, a camp, and this lady was on her horse. And I stepped up and I, I, asked, I asked the horse kindly, hey, do you mind if I step in? And the horse never moved, but kind of gave me that, okay, it's okay. And I've stepped in the, the horse's presence. It's immediate energy and was petting it. And she's like, I can make this horse movie. And I said, no, you can't. She goes, yes, I can. I said, no, because I'm not a threat. And that horse will actually guard me over you. 
interesting. And so I stood there and stood there and I said, and I took, I looked at the horse and I said, thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day and allowing me to be a part of your energy. I appreciate this. And I stepped out of his range about three or four feet and the horse moved. Okay where she wanted him to go. And she goes, that horse has never done that. I said, again, I'm not a threat. Yeah. I showed the horse, I'm just here for you. I'm not a, I'm not a threat to your existence. And they understand that. So that's what people don't understand is your animals, whether you have cats or dogs, I don't care if it's a goldfish, they know you're a good or a bad person. Oh, yeah. And if, if my cats, my cats will, my cats, I was telling, I was telling, uh, John. Jen about this is um, my cats will growl okay and I was sitting downstairs and someone came to the door and my my youngest female cat uh, Ishki Ishki Day actually which is Ojibwe for fire uh-huh. that's what she got her name from was Ojibwe fire oh, okay. and I said what's going on Ish and she got up and she's like she growled I'm like okay and she looked in one direction I'm like okay whatever this is I need to go investigate it to see if, if this is a threat to the house or her uh-huh. doesn't matter yeah. and I walked up and I go okay and there was somebody at my door but she let me know and yeah. all my cats do that and yeah. if they don't come to you my cats don't my cats don't come to you <laughs> you're not coming to my house because <laughs> the, they know who belongs there and who doesn't yeah. who's there for good intentions Let's go back a little bit to, you said that you were born with this. Mm-hmm. Do you think this goes from um, parent to child? Yes. It goes through lineage? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you think it is more present in certain lines, or do you think that people just haven't developed it if they don't have it? So, both. Okay. It's a, it's, it's a great question, uh-huh. and I like the way you put it. Uh-huh. It's both. It, it's through lineage because okay. I knew my grandmother my grandmother on my father's side okay. I know was very gifted mm-hmm. Nazarene wife my grandfather was a Nazarene minister Okay. to this day if, if he was alive he would never understand what I do but now he's on the other side he stands on, on my left shoulder oh, nice. and my dad stands on my right shoulder because yeah. he would have never believed in me yeah. and he's like dad you see this he's talking to the dead for us he's helping these, he's helping these people so I've got my affirmations from them. Mm-hmm. But I knew she had the gift. She was smart. She was having granny seizures, grandma seizures. Okay. But she was her she was so smart and gifted, she knew how to work around them. Uh-huh. And you would never catch that she had any issues medically until she slipped. And my dad, who's got a good medical mind, caught it. He goes, holy crap. Yeah. She's been having all these problems that I never even, she stumped me. Okay. So he's like, wait a minute. You can't stump me. I, I, I know this. I was trained in this. How did she did it for years? And it took him years to catch it. Uh-huh. And he finally pulled me aside. He goes, "I just caught Grandma." And I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "She's she's actually got some real issues going on." I'm like, "Yeah, you didn't know." And he goes, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Oh, never mind." And I just left it at that. Yeah, you know, I understood. But as far as getting trained in it, you can develop your gift, but you have to listen. You have to want to listen because a lot of times when spirit talks to me, they use my own voice. Okay. So you feel like you're talking to yourself in your own head. And you're like, why are you, Why do I hear myself saying words? Yeah. Especially when I get very specific words. Okay. Like not in my vocabulary. Like they'll say feng shui. Well, I don't use feng shui in anything. But if they, I say that to a client, that's specific. Yeah. Because it's not the language I speak. It's not my verbiage. I don't use those words. Yeah. If they give me... Uh, I had one that I gave a reading to, 
and there was a problem with their water. And I says, I said, they keep showing me mercury in your water, in your well. I said, you got a well issue. She goes, yeah. I said, everybody's been sick. And she goes, yeah, have it checked. She called me back a week later. She said, we just had the well checked. And you're right. It had high mercury. And she's like, oh, my God. She said, we didn't know. They were poisoning themselves and didn't know it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So I got the affirmation from her. Uh-huh. But yeah, if, if people want to develop it, they just got to learn to calm their mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's society is so set on do, 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 mm-hmm. that yeah. we forget to stop, stop, stop and listen to ourselves, our own body. Because your body will tell you, mm-hmm. hey, you shouldn't be eating that or you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't drink that. You need to do this. And you know, when your body says, hey, it's time to sleep, and all of a sudden you're passed out, and three hours later you wake up wiping your face off going, wow, that was a good nap. Well, yeah, because yeah, you needed a nap. Yeah. Your body said, hey, I'm going to shut you down mm-hmm. and have a nice day. How do, you, um, how do you distinguish between your inner monologue, your inner voice, or messages that are coming through? Because, like, sometimes I hear... Something come through, it'll be like a word or, but it's in a totally different voice. Exactly. And it's clear, but I hear it. I don't audibly hear it, but I hear it in my head. And I'm like, exactly. and how does that happen? How does that happen? And that's when they're trying to get your attention. Okay. They'll use a, a word that, again, yeah. is not in your vocabulary. Yeah. They'll just say a word and you're like. I'll hear my name like the other night. I don't know if it was last night or the night before, a couple nights ago, whenever it was. I heard my name, but it was like a male's voice that I'd never heard before. It was just my name. I'm like, okay, I don't know. It felt like grandfather. Yeah? It felt like grandfather coming in and saying, hey, by the way, genius, you need to listen to what I'm trying to do for you. Yeah. Um, And they'll do that. Yeah. I'll hear my name. I've heard my name in my sleep and woke up going, what, what, what? And my wife's going, what? What do you mean, what? I'm like, well, someone just said my name. She goes, who? And I'm, I don't know. But it was very specific and very loud in my head that I thought it was audible because I answered audibly. I'm like, hey, what do you want? And she's like, I didn't say anything. I'm like, okay, well, I know it wasn't a woman's voice. All right, right. Well, what do you guys do now? I'll sit back down and I'll just shut my eyes and go, okay, what do you got? And just yeah. pay attention to it. Okay. Because, yeah, they'll use your voice. Well, I just wonder because, like, you know, sometimes it's like, is that my thought or is that a message coming through? Or, you know, is it just my inner monologue or is it my creative side? You know what I mean? Like, I well, try to distinguish the difference between. You take what you get. Yeah. Write it down. Okay. And let it sit for, let it, let it, let it fester for a little while. Uh-huh. I would say let it marinate. Yeah. Okay, that's a good word for it. Let it marinate for a little yeah. while. And then come back to it and go, why did I get this? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a phrase or a word. Yeah. And then sit down and go, why did you give me this? And then wait to see if your creative mind kicks in going, oh, this is what we're trying to do with the story I've been working on for the last 10 years. Yeah. Oh, this is what I've been looking for. This is the word I've been looking for yeah. to fit in to change how the story is told. Because a word can change the value of an entire story. Mm-hmm. Just one word, and nobody yeah. gets that. They don't, they don't think about that. One word? Yeah, one word can change everything. Like, I've, yeah, I've heard one word, and that was a spark for me to write a story. Yeah. Exactly. You know? So like, it, it's, it's, it's like keeping a dream journal. It's the same thing. Exactly. And what I always tell people when they're doing dream journaling is don't write what you see. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a digital recorder and talk. Yeah. And talk in your digital recorder because... 
what you do in your head and when you write it out you change the interpretation yeah. of what you re- what you what you saw to try to justify it instead if you just spit it out well i saw these rainbows and there was cats and they were running around this tree they didn't make a whole lot of sense they weren't chasing anything but they were playing yeah. but in your but in your story like well, i saw this rainbow with these stupid cats were acting retarded and i don't understand why we changed the meaning of the dream mm-hmm. yeah without trying because yeah. you, you're trying to justify the cats it wasn't the cats it could have just been the rainbow mm-hmm. or it just could have been the tree the tree was actually the center of the dream but they were trying to get you to pay attention to the tree but they used cats and a rainbow to get you to focus on the tree yeah and it's I've had where I'll be laying there in bed almost falling asleep and I'll hear voices you know and I mean I know that sometimes maybe it's like a squirrel running on the roof and just the sound in my mind turned into a voice or something you know but I've actually had, and I was talking to mom about this last night. I was laying in bed one night, and I heard a sentence. And I've asked different Indian shamans and that about it, but it was the term Takakai Kai Kayungu. I heard that plain as day, and for some reason it just stuck in my mind to this day. And I've asked different Indian shamans, and like Barry Whitecrow, I've asked him, and he says, oh, it kind of sounds Shawnee. Maybe you should talk to somebody in that tribe, you know. That's definitely a language. It's mm-hmm. a language yeah. interpretation. Yeah, and it's just it just popped in my head one night. There's some there's some that are that are across the board mm-hmm. like Yahe. Yeah. Yatehe. Mm-hmm. It's still a greeting. Mm-hmm. And it crosses multiple different native languages and it may have a different meaning, but the word's still the same mm-hmm. behind it. So I, I did that I did that one time I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who's a Jibwa and for some reason he said say that word, say Yahe. And I said, I said, you, what's the, what's Yahe mean? He goes, what did you hear that? Mm-hmm. I said, I just got told to say that. Mm-hmm. He goes, you're kidding. I said, no, I don't understand the word. And he goes, it just means hello. Okay. It's just a greeting. I'm like, okay. oh, cool. All right. Well, I learned something kind of cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. But when you get words in a tongue, per se, I don't want to say in tongues, but yeah. you, know, you can look at it in that fashion. There's a meaning behind it. You need to trace the origin of the words mm-hmm. to give you the meaning behind why you were told that. Mm-hmm. So if that is... Because it does sound Western Indian more so than Central. Because Anishinaabe was the the central language in the plains all the way to the East Coast. There was probably 60 tribes that spoke Anishinaabe. Okay. And so you're going to find the Potawatomi speak it. Everyone else speaks it over this way. I'm sorry to ask. Okay. Yeah. I'm enrolled in the Pokemon band of Potawatomi Indians now again. Sorry, I heard Potawatomi. Yeah. And here's a cool thing about history on Potawatomi. The reason why the Potawatomi is so popular is because they're the last known tribe to be pushed westward. Yeah, we fought back. We were one of the uncivilized tribes. Correct. Because we didn't... Correct. And, that, and that's, there's truth to that. And that's why everybody's like, why, why is the Potawatomi? Because they were the last known tribe to be actually moved from the East Coast towards the Midwest. So they kept pushing back. Trail of Tears. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. whole whole slew of stuff you can go with. Yeah, there's and not a lot of new trail of death. Yeah. There's, there's all of them. And the fascinating thing I like to do is I do, I used to do French and Indian War reenactments. So I go full native and I go into actual historical grounds and stay the night and listen to what goes on. And there's some things that you'll see that are just like, did I really see that? Your mind, your eyes plays trick on your mind. But I'm looking at it going, I just watched two blue spirits dance between this tree back and forth behind it. And I'm talking to a friend of mine. It's like 2 a.m. I'm not drunk or anything. I'm just I'm tired. 
but I saw it and I'm like, did I? Okay, I need to go take a nap. I need to rest on that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I've gotten some pretty cool stuff. Tribe Just Clan Nation? You, guys are Are you, you said you were native, right? Ojibwa. Ojibwa, okay. Do you know what band? I do not. Okay. I, we've traced it back to my great-great-grandfather had married an Ojibwa woman up in New Brunswick okay. and then came this way from Canada. Yeah. So we know there's heritage. Now, I can't yeah. sit there and go, I've earned a card because that's not my thing. Because yeah. to me, I think that's important to the indigenous that... that they represent their tribe. And again, being native doesn't mean that you're not a blood. Mm-hmm. Everybody's native. It's just, to me, when you are given that card, it's, they're, they're, it's to me, it's special. You, you, you've, you've earned a place in the tribe, and I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that notoriety because I don't think that's fair to me. And I don't think it's fair to the tribe. Yeah. You know, but that's mine. It's good that you acknowledge it. You know, I just... It I res- a lot to acknowledge it because, I mean, you know, everybody wants to be... Everybody mm-hmm. does. But I look at it as my tattoos... They're native. I've got mm-hmm. one across my chest I know, the same I way. That upstairs. That's why I, I was kind of listening to you for a while. Those go back. Mm-hmm. Those <laughs> those go back to the 15 and 1600s. Mm-hmm. So most of your art, okay. ink work for native tribes was geometry. It's all geometric shapes. There was never mm-hmm. any any weird. And they used ash and a stick. That's how, they, that's how you got ink. Yeah, really. With a stick and ash. And they tapped and, it. Like and they tapped it in your skin. And the reason why the red man was called red, mm-hmm. because they used okra for part of the base for their face paint. Well, it became so popular that they absorbed it. Oh, wow. So they used it so much that that's why the red man's red. Uh-huh. Well, it's not because they're red. It's because of the face paint and stuff they used, which wasn't face. It was face paint. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes, no, it's war paint. No, it's not. It's not. Because yeah, exactly. here's, a, here's a good history for you to look. You'll love this part of history. Back in those days... Men would paint their faces in ornate designs to woo the heart of a woman. Mm-hmm. And what happens today? A women woman paints, paints her face <laughs> to woo the heart of a man. It has totally shifted. But that's how it started. It wasn't about war. It was just, I wanted to make my face so evil. It was observing from nature, mills and nature. Exi- it was, it exactly. Exactly. So there's a neat little piece of history for you. Just mm-hmm. something to throw in your helmet and you go, I learned something today. Holy cow, this guy's got all. <laughs> I learned I got, something every day. I got more information in my skull than I know what to do with. Oh, yeah, I, grew up, I, I lived on the res. My dad grew up on the res. Okay, where, where, around here? Pope, nope, down in Allegan County. The Pokegan okay. res is down okay. in Allegan County. So and that's... Gaugiac? Oh yeah, we're true Michigans when we use our yeah, yeah, right. Palm and so, we're yeah. from Ohio, so I'm we're from just Illinois. Like that. I was gonna get a, oh, okay. I was gonna I get a T ask. right there as a tattoo yeah. one day. No, no, no you're yeah. good. But that's that's true Michigan when they use their hand to point yeah. to where they're at in the state. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you use the UP, you're, though, you're, you're over here, and uh, you know you need to be up here. This is the UP, but we're over here, and I'm like, oh well. Then when you look at the state, it looks just like someone's hand on yeah. the thumb, and I'm like, oh well, genius. Have you been to the UP? Yes. Don't you love it? Mackinac Island, yes. uh, Fort Michelin-Mackinac. Yeah. St. Ignace is one of our favorite places. That is, I've never stepped foot in there, but I want to. You need to. Mm-hmm. They have um, the oldest cemetery in Michigan. In I went St. to the Ignace. original, I went to Mackinac Island, yeah. where the original forts are at. But mm-hmm. do you understand that there's actually five different islands out there that are all, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. native owned, yeah. that you have to have special permission just to go there, wow. just to go on the land. Yeah. Not just, you can go and visit, but you have mm-hmm. to ask permission mm-hmm. to go. And they'll say, sure, as long as you respect our land, we're cool. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I've ran into uh, pure bloods, as I call them. You okay. know, they're true mm-hmm. natives to me. And they've never said nothing about what I wore. Matter of fact, a lot of them said, wow, you really 
nailed yeah. that. You know, yeah. your regalia is like mm -hmm. perfect for that era. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I, I don't, I'm here to represent. I'm not here to insult. Yeah. You know, and if I can learn something from you and you can show me something, hey, please tell yeah. me if I'm wrong. If you think I'm doing something wrong, I'll stop right now. I don't care. Yeah. Because it's not about me. It's about what I represent. It's trying to teach. Yeah. And to me, that's what I, when I do, you know, expos or paranormal, you know, when I go to homes, I teach, mm. you know, I deal with the clients. So when my team is doing their investigation, cause I'm the cleaner, when I mm -hmm. walk in the house, all those spirits know I'm there to take care of the one that's being obnoxious, mm -hmm. that's being a pain. And when there's kids involved, I'm always going, I will always go, but yeah. they know I'm there for one purpose yeah. is to make sure you either play nice or you're going to leave. I don't do the work. I'm a conduit for the work. Mm -hmm. I call in all the archangels and I say, okay, guys, we've got one here that's being nasty. You need to leave. We had one. This was in Sandwich, Illinois. And I, I, I actually I had people prove it for me, which mm -hmm. is kind of cool. It's a good yeah. story. So I was in the basement. I was at this house. And everybody kept saying, you need to go to the basement. You need to go to the basement. You need to go to the basement. I said, no, you guys get your proof. I'll go there when you're done. I know what's going on. Just I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play mm -hmm. nice with the with the people because yeah. they're allowing us to be in their house. So I figure the only fair thing is to at least talk to them and give. I give them readings and everything else and keep them calm and yeah. let them know what we're gonna do and how we're gonna do it. So I finally said, okay, I'm gonna go downstairs. And I went downstairs and there's this little four by four square in the corner of this house, all walled off with stone. Okay. Cinder block. Except a little bitty window, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, and I can like, feel what this, is I, in there? I can feel the <laughs> right? spirit. Well, I walked up when I put my hand on the wall; it shocked me. And I put my hand back. I'm like, "Okay, th this is something." Okay, yeah. okay, I'm getting chills now. I put my hand back on the wall, and I said, "Okay, what do we got to do here?" Okay, so what I did is, that's what we're going to do. I had two other ladies on my team who were gifted, who mm -hmm. were in had intuitive sense to them. I said, "Your boyfriend's." kind of a skeptic and she goes yeah and I said okay I want each of us to touch that wall and I want you to go to him and tell your story mm -hmm. and I want him to come back and tell us what he hears from each one of us okay each one of us told us our side of what we saw or picked up mm -hmm. they all matched wow oh. that's great they all matched so it was a little girl spirit that got trapped there in sex trade oh my god oh, I see. so I said oh, okay everybody awful. needs to leave I need to bring in some friends, mm -hmm. and we're going to get her to home, Aww. back where she belongs, to the light. Uh -huh. So I asked, you know, I asked all the angels and guides to come down, help assist this young girl to the light, so she can go home mm -hmm. where she belongs. Yeah. And she left. The whole room changed. The whole dynamic changed. And I said, okay. And I walked up to one of the young ladies. I said, can you go touch that wall for me? You're going to make me cry again. Yeah, probably, but I need to get validation that we yeah. did our jobs. We did our work. She walked up to the wall. She came back, and I said, how are you feeling? She goes, I said, you're bawling like a little girl. And she goes, yeah, but I'm happy. I'm, I'm like, relieved that, you know, I, I'm, you know, that we, we, got, we helped her go home. And all the, all, the, all the stuff in the house stopped because she was getting attention to get her out of there because yeah. she felt trapped that she couldn't leave and yeah. I'm like we did our job uh -huh. well you did this no 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 I'm just a conduit yeah. I don't take any credit for what I do 
whether it's spiritual work or whether I'm doing my psychic work, I'm just a conduit. Mm-hmm. I don't ever take any 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 claim to fame that I'm the best. Yeah. I'm great at what I do, but I'm not better than anybody else because mm-hmm. yeah. that's the way it should be. Yeah. It's not a competition. Right. We all dip into the same pool. We all get our information from the same source. It's just interpretation. You may see it one way. He may see it one way, and yeah. I'll see it another way. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be the same message. Yeah. It'll be relative. You go up to someone and get a reading, and three different people go to the same person, they're going to get the same reading. Mm-hmm. Or you go up to three different people, and it's just you, and you go to three different people, and they all repeat pretty much what the first one said. You're going to, I'm wasting my money. Yeah, you are. Yeah. But they all told you the same exact thing. And I've had that. I've watched a lady go through an entire expo, went from one psychic to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, and then she came to my table, and I go, So how much money you spent? She goes, excuse me? I said, yeah. you spent probably at least $300. Her name isn't she goes, how did you know? I said, because I've been watching you yeah. for like the last 30 or 40 minutes. It does take a psychic to see that. Right. And, you know, it, it's just being Captain Obvious. Yeah. Right, you know, it's just right. being Captain uh-huh. Obvious. And I said, there is nothing I'm going to tell you that you haven't already heard. Now, if you want to waste your money, I'll gladly take it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you this. I don't want your money because you're not ready to hear what you've been told. Yeah. You want to get told what you want to hear. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to tell you what you want to hear because I won't tell you what you want she's to hear. She's in denial. Well, she's, she's not accepting the validation. Exactly. And, and I told her, I said, once you learn to accept what they've already told you, mm-hmm. then come and see me next time. And then we'll talk. Mm-hmm. And she did come and see me the next time. And she goes, what do you got? And I said, well, sit down. Yeah. I says, are you ready now? Yeah. And she goes, yes. And I said, okay. And I just <laughs> laid it out in front of her. Ever since that moment, I go there every six months. And she comes up to me every six months. It's time for my six-month checkup. What do you got? Yeah. And, she, and she's listening. Mm-hmm. She, she finally, finally hit her in the head like a brick. And she's yeah. like, I'm listening. I'm hearing you. Good. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Instead of wasting your money on all of this, no one's going to tell you what you want to hear. Because yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the way you need to hear it, which is smack it upside the head. Yeah. Kick you on the chest and yeah. say, hey. Did you get the message? No. Well, let me tell you one more time. Uh-huh. I'm beating a dead horse. Yeah. Right. Figure it out. <laughs> it's is that the frustrating yeah. part of? I I see that of, all the time, yeah. and it's they just they want to hear what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. They want to hear yep. it's all you know, like pink Prince Charming's yeah. coming with a oh, yeah. winning lottery ticket, right? Um, like I will never tell you the winning lottery ticket. Why? Because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't serve a purpose. Yeah. The same. The same aspect. On the flip side of that, I actually predicted my own father's death, really? and was there at the very moment he passed, yeah. almost to the year. Because yeah. he told me he was ill, and we knew, yeah. and I got a message that said you're going to bury your father in a year. Well, I thought that was my ego. Yeah. You know, my ego's saying I'm looking at the worst case scenario. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're taking cancer and all this other stuff, and you're just like, yeah. It's, yeah, he's good. No. A couple months, about a month later, I got it again. I'm like, okay, you guys are serious about this. And, like, and I just said, all I got was, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm listening now. I'm, I'm going to listen. Yeah. So I just kept up. And then one day I was out shopping and I got a hit from my guy going, hey, hospital now. See your dad. I got there and 20 minutes later he passed. Uh, that's incredible. And I. I knew he was gone when he, mm-hmm. when I walked out the door and I saw him go and I'm like, okay, at least I got to be there yeah. at the final moment. And, you know, granted, I'm, you know, I'm not the best son or the best person in the world, mm-hmm. but I knew I did at least one good thing. Yeah. I was there when he needed, he needed that person yeah. there. I was the only one he didn't get to see. Mm-hmm. It's like Joe's, um, yeah. Joe had an experience with his best friend, Jackie, when she mm-hmm. passed. 
he uh she almost, they pulled the plug on her and she didn't yeah. die until joe got there and held her hand yeah exactly mm-hmm. and they they know nick and i firmly believe and if you're looking at all the life that uh shared death experiences i've investigated and uh, life uh, what do you call it out-of-body experiences all that kind of stuff i firmly believe that they have the power to sit and wait until either everybody leaves the room or that one person is there that they want to experience that it, and by you saying what you just did kind of validates that is the spirits know me <laughs> did you hear that oh must play the piano sorry yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's but it's, yeah. It, they will stay mm-hmm. there until that one person walks in the door mm-hmm. and they look at you and go okay yeah. and poof that's their last breath. Mm-hmm. I've had several people that had that happen to them that they yeah. that they were waiting for that one family member to come home. Yeah. And they waited. Mm-hmm. It was like a month. And that person walked in the door and a young lady told me it was at a, I was at an expo and she just said, this happened. I go, yeah, she waited for you. Mm-hmm. You were reluctant because you were in a, you, at that time in your life, you couldn't get away because of work. And she understood. It wasn't because you didn't want to be here with me. Yeah. It was you were doing stuff for your family. Yeah. The people who needed you today. Yeah. Instead of what they needed yesterday. Mm-hmm. And she goes, wow. I said, yeah. I said, because it, it happens. Yeah. And they, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, dogs are the same way. Cats are the same way. They know when it's time to go. Yeah. They'll yeah. come up. My, I had a dog who had cancer and a chocolate lab. And they're notorious for getting cancer. It's just uh, part of their genetics. Okay. And, uh. I was at the time when I was married to my wife, he would never let you cut his nails. He hated it. Yeah. He let her cut his nails. Oh, wow. And she's like, she called me, she was like, we got a problem. I go, what, the, what do you mean we got a problem? What kind of problem we got this time? She was, I think, bear is sick. I'm like, what do you mean bear is sick? What is he doing? He let me cut his nails. Okay. And he got my attention. So I came home, took him to the vet, come to find out stage four cancer. Okay. And I'm like, well, Let's see if we can make you comfortable. I yeah. can't fight the cancer. And, and I would do it if I knew there was going to be a quality of life. Because that was my first question. Okay, Doc, what kind of quality of life can I assume that my dog will get? You know, mm-hmm. Are we going to gain some years? Mm-hmm. No, you might gain another eight months. I said, well, you're talking about a 120-pound dog at $1,000 a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to gain two more extra months after cure allegedly from the die anyway and, and live a horrible life so we kept up with everything prednisone and all this other stuff and one day i came home and i was sitting in my lazy boy he came up and sat in front of me and deadpan looked at me and it's like it's time it's kind of it's like i'm ready yeah and i'm like okay yeah and i looked at everybody i said okay everybody let's say our goodbyes i'm gonna take bear in the morning and help him cross over it's 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 got to be done. Yeah. I said, he's, he's suffered enough, and I don't want an animal in my house that suffers. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't I don't want to euthanize him just because there's nothing better to do. Yeah, it's just right. you're it's... at a point where you can't help him, and modern medicine is just going to destroy anything that's left of yeah. who he was. Yeah, you know, that joyful puppy that ran around the house and <laughs> you know chased its own tail. And, yeah, you know, we get to zoomies and run back the and zoomies. forth. You know, and you, you get them all wound up and watch them run from one end of the house to the next. You know, but you know that's death and dying is is such a interesting topic. Like I was there, you know, when my dad passed, I was holding his hand and. It was when, like, everybody, this is so funny. Joe and I threw this big convention. We rented a hall. Uh, we had speakers flying in, you know, all this stuff. 
My dad goes into hospice the day we have our convention. The morning before, maybe it was the day before, we had to call the rescue squad. He couldn't breathe. And he kept going like this. I'm like, I'm like, what? He's like, do the show. I'm like, huh? He's like, do the show. He wanted, he wanted the show to go on. He loved Bigfoot. Anyways, um, so we do the show. He goes into hospice. And everybody was able to come. All the grandkids, all the great-grandkids, whoever was there, were able to come to hospice and see him before he passed. It was like a circus. The kids running all over. And all the- <laughs> it's a normal short-ridge yeah. gathering. Mm-hmm. But, but when everybody left and they get quiet is when he passed. Yeah. You know, it's just my mom and my sister and myself. And then my other sister kicks herself every day because she wanted to be there. But well, you know. I've said that many times, is, and we just talked about that a little earlier, is they decide when, and there's so many stories of people that say, I really want to be there, I really want to be there, but then the family leaves the room and they pass. And I feel that the reason why they do that is so that the family would either understand or they need that. It's hard to say they need it, you know, they that they were gone. But maybe that's just how it has to happen for that family to feel the way they do. Yeah. Well, it, and, and, what, and the nice mm-hmm. thing about the story yeah. was that all the grandkids and the great-grandkids were all running around playing. Yeah. yeah. So his that's last moments in life. Mm-hmm. for but, our family. But his, <laughs> life, his last moments in life were the family being family. Yes. Yeah. The kids were not playing. Not all sitting around the, you know, the bed going, whoa. You know, you know, you not know. sitting there crying yeah. or yeah. all humdum or, yeah. or anything else. Or yeah. is there anything we can do to grandpa or great-grandpa? No. Yeah. You're doing exactly what I want you to do. I want you to play and enjoy life because yeah. life is precious yeah. and it's short. And while you have a chance, mm-hmm. at least I can do is watch you play. Yeah. And I get to go in peace knowing I got to watch all my grandkids and great grandkids yeah. run around and play and laugh and joke and have fun. Yeah. And then when everybody left, he goes, now I can go in peace. Yeah. Yeah. I got my peace. I got to be with my family when I needed them the yeah. most. Without all the craziness and all the crying and, you know, the woo-hoo pity stuff. Yeah. No, I got to go with He peace. wouldn't want that. No. no. He wanted he wanted a party. Yeah. yeah. He wanted a party. He loved a party. Oh, yeah. And oh. he got his party. Yeah. His yeah. way. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't what you would want to do. Right. But he's like, hey. It's he his understood. way. The show yeah. must go on. Yep. yep. So he understood show business. Yeah. But he also understood that as long as I get a chance to see my family. Yeah. And allow them to be family. Yeah. And play and, and talk and laugh and joke about whatever that you were talking and laughing about mm-hmm. that was all he wanted do you, yeah. do you ever get called into hospice to help people transition or is I that something you do that just wonder because when we were in there there were people in other rooms like help me and it that, was, was terrifying gonna and was, we're gonna bring that up it's like okay when you're in hospice when i mean not laying in as the patient but as the person in hospice people they'll uh Say, oh, so and so in room, whatever, you know, they they just passed, and they would call the coroner, whoever comes. But it was like, and they would come. It usually took them like forty-five minutes or a half hour or whatever to show up, and the person walked in with a gurney, you know. We were sitting there, and we heard a guy kept saying, "Someone help me, help me." And I felt bad, like, like I want to run in. Do we go in? Do we, you know? Yeah, you know, you get that feeling. Is that part of the dying process, or or where did they truly need help? You in know my what I mind, mean? he was laying on the floor, or in between. Right. We're like you know, worst yeah. case scenarios. Should we go in and help him? And not even five minutes later, the gurney—they walked the in with the gurney. Maybe he was already dead. Was he already dead? 
You know what I mean? He was and waiting for somebody like, to come in to say something to him. Yeah, it's, it's okay. not like um, an EVP where we didn't hear it. it Everybody a, in the hallway heard him. Yes, it was a, a complete verbal hearing. Yeah, audible. Yeah. Is there times where people don't know that they've died? Because oh. we hear that a lot, you know, and the, like there they didn't know they were dead. But does that really is that really a thing? That young that young girl that was trapped in that house. Yeah. She didn't understand she was dead. She didn't understand that she could leave. Yeah. She thought this is my where I'm gonna have to stay okay. the rest of my time. So she didn't understand that there's another place mm-hmm. you can go. Yeah. That's just for you. Mm-hmm. It's just the light. Mm-hmm. And once she was able to go and transcend, was when the whole house just calmed down. Yeah. There's a lot of them that are stuck here. One, a lot of times what you'll get, and I found to be rather accurate is they have unfinished business. There's things they haven't been able to complete okay. that they needed to complete before they passed. But unfortunately, when they passed, it was like instantaneous. It was like mm-hmm. massive heart attack, and they hit the floor. And they were dead by the time they hit the floor. Mm-hmm. And my former mother-in-law, she died that way. Really? She had a massive heart attack. She hit the floor. She was dead. Her heart just went poof, just burst. And the doctor said she didn't feel nothing. Absolutely zero. Yeah. But nobody knew. Yeah. Right. But... Does she know she's gone? No, because to her, she's still alive. Her heart was still going. So at that time, I wasn't really into my gift. I kind of turned it off for a while. Yeah. But I look at it now, I could have said, you know, I could have helped her. Hey, Peggy, yeah. it's okay to go. And now I look at it going, I've never been, I would I would love to work with hospice because I think it would be kind of, a, it's a unique experience to yeah. say, hey, I'm here to help you cross. When you're ready, yeah. I'm here for you. And hospice, they know to the hour that oh, you're going to cross. Yeah. Yeah. They've got it to a science. Which they is, can look at your physical they, it's, things it's, going on. and yeah. It's spooky. And, and It is spooky. Those places are spooky. But, I also, <laughs> but they're also a godsend because they're willing to sit and watch this person literally die yeah. Yeah. in front of them. And that's a special person. That yeah. takes a very, very unique personality mm-hmm. to sit there yeah. through all of this craziness and know that their only th- job there is just to maintain their calm and to give them comfort yeah. until then it's just nothing so they're sitting there going I don't have anything else to do so I'm going to cook your meals I'm going to do this I'm going to do this I'm going to play cards with you yada 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 and boom mm-hmm. hey you all might want to go in there and make your, pay, your, pay your respects because yeah. she's got hours if yeah. that and you walk in and like wow she turned south fast mm-hmm. you know you were just there the day before and she's narrowed it down to an hour and within that hour they've yeah. walked over they've yeah. said bye mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's just a unique and interesting place you know the hospice cares but you know as well as hospitals you know how do you feel like when you go well, into not a, really ho- a hospital a lot of hospice you're in their home yeah a lot of the hospice That's caregivers true. i've seen yeah. and dealt with have actually they stay in your home yeah. and care for you there because a lot of them want to be in their own homes yeah. they don't want to be in a yeah. hospital that's sanitary and it just doesn't feel like home yeah if i'm going to no die i'm there yeah, yeah. i want to die in a home i want to die in my home right so they all say look i'll pay for you to be here until i go yeah and then after that thank you that's the one thing i just didn't want my dad to pass away in the er it just no you yeah. know no and, and it was, he didn't want to go to hospice but we knew it was a good place because that you know He'd be able to have a peaceful transition exactly. versus being in the ER and people poking and prodding you and, you know. Well, we never rest when we're in the hospital anyway. No. That's all they do is poke and prod every I know, hours. right? Yeah. I mean, I had <laughs> my, my unfortunate nurse, I had went in for a resector, and 
I'm a combat vet on top of everything else. And I told the nurses, whenever you come in my room, tap my leg. If I don't recognize you, uh-huh. wait until I do. Otherwise, this is a no-no zone. Yeah. We, I had a bad day and just had my uh, had my uh, colon resected and had a perforated colon. Oh, wow. So I had a really rough day. Yeah, I bet. And he's like, I was out. I mean, I was unconscious. I didn't oh. know anything was going on in that room. Oh, my gosh. He put his hands on my arm to put a cuff to do the blood pressure. In a split second, I had my hands around his throat. Oh, yeah. And I had him over my face. And I woke and some said, you better wake up, son. This is not... This is not the time or the place. And I looked up. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, no. And I looked at him. Are you okay? And he goes, yeah. I said, you underwear? And he goes, uh-huh. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, I tried to warn you guys. Don't yeah. do this. Yeah. And he goes, are you okay? And I said, I'm okay. I said, that's just physical response, son. I, yeah. I'm just scared if I'd have done the role. And he goes, excuse me? And I said, well, think about it. You're 6'2". And he goes, yeah. I said, I'm on an elevated platform about three feet off the ground. I've taken half your body away. All I got to do is roll one way, and you're going with me whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Is that then, the kind of thing, and just off topic, that they train you in the military for? It's is, reactionary. Okay. You're trained to fight. Yeah. You're going to do it. And a lot of the guys that come home, they can't be touched. You touch them in the middle of the night, yeah. it's yeah. not going to go that. well. Yeah. It's a bad. I almost killed my first wife twice. Yeah. Oh my and not intentionally. Right. right. And, and without intent, I, I was on the ground, and <laughs> unfortunately, we were naked. Mm-hmm. And I was sleeping, and I, I went from fighting an enemy uh-huh. who I didn't know was there to the enemy knowing my first name. And I finally came to, but I was on her chest, my hand over her throat, getting ready to strike. Wow. I literally slept on the couch for two weeks after that because I felt so horrible that I could have killed my own wife. Yeah. yeah. That's not what she's here for, you yeah. know. So yeah, it's just well, part of the I'm game. I'm sure a lot of veterans go through something like that, you know, like having those dynamics of coming home and <coughs> trying do. to adjust to civilian life. We're, well, we'll never adjust. We'll never mm-hmm. adjust, but we will try to reindoctrinate ourselves back into society. But we'll never be a part of society because, mm-hmm. you know, my hats off to Navy SEALs. These guys are like two steps above where I'm at, mm-hmm. and these guys come back and they're. A lot of them you'll meet, they're really cool. Yeah. They're humble. They're soft-spoken. They're, you will never know they were a Navy SEAL until you get into a situation where you're like, oh, this is not going to go well. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> you're holding my beer. Watch this. Yeah. And they're walking in with a <laughs> smile on their beer. face. They're walking, in, they're walking in with a smile on their face going, I got this. Yes. Yeah. We got this. Mm-hmm. Because they understand the calm, the storm. You're calm in a battle because you know the confrontation's in front of you. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're calm, everything else is calm. Are you going to die? Sure, I'm going to die. It is what it is. Yeah. So you walk in knowing, hey, if I die, I'm going out with style. I'm taking a lot with me. Or A or B, I'm going to run. Yeah. And everybody has Kill fear. Kill or be killed. Yeah, you're going to have fear. If you're mm-hmm. not afraid to be in battle, you're just really mentally yeah. wrong with you. Did you use any of your um, psychic abilities while <laughs> you were in the military? And how did that, um, what advantage do you feel like that gave you? Did it? Did it? it, it did. I should say it did. It helped us in a situation. I was out on a on a on a patrol, and I just said, you know, something don't feel right about this patrol yeah. path. Mm-hmm. Just something there, and they're like, what? And I said, man, I can't put my finger on this. I said, but I we need to go this way. Turn, turn. Excuse me. Turn yep. east and go about a hundred yards, and then go up. Well, guess what? We come up behind who was supposed to was had set up a trap. Had set up an ambush, and I'm like, hmm, wow. Well, I got away with that one. But that's one time it stepped in and go, hey, 
thank you for listening to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the, my guys are like, hey, okay, you listened to us finally. Good for you. Yeah. And the, and the guys are with like, I'm never ever going to question your, your what, when you say don't do this. The, the, the guy was actually the leader. He's like, I'm never going to question what you do again. He goes, if you think that again, you let me know. Yeah. So he was like Johnny on the spot. You know, he, he realized, hey, whatever it was is going on with you, mm-hmm. we couldn't put our finger. We didn't know this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up, this was all foreboding. You you wrote with your left hand, you were the sign of the devil. You know, idle right. hands yeah. were the sign of yeah. the devil. Mm-hmm. All that crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah, I grew up with all that. My grandfather was a Nazarene minister. You went to church on Sunday and... You did all your good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So. Sorry. My butt's getting tired. <laughs> oh, I was just no, saying, but... we're at, we're at uh, 50 minutes. Okay. So we're going to have to wrap it up. Right. Okay. Um, but we got to do, do an intro. one other thing I want to tell you. We have to do you. an intro and an outro. Okay. But go ahead. We can still run over a little bit. That's one thing I wanted to tell you is totally unrelated, but if you ever get up to St. Ignace, Michigan, they have the Ojibwa. Oh, say it. Ojibwa. Ojibwa. Um, Museum of Culture there. Yes, it's I've fit. heard that. You have to go. You have I've to go. I've heard that. That's the first place when we were up there for the convention. You know, we go to Michigan Paracon. And in Sault Ste. Marie, they have the burial houses. And that's the first time I've ever seen that. And I just researched on it. That's, they're amazing that they build the little houses, you know, and they put the spirit hole in the front so the spirits can go in and out. Yep. And one of the things somebody asked me they're like oh they're all broken down why don't they fix them up and I found out that you don't fix them up because as they fall into the ground and that that's how the it's basically how they return the to the earth yeah return to the earth well that's and that's the same symbolism with sweat lodges okay it's to mimic mother earth yeah you're inside the womb so to speak and, oh, okay. they, and they, they bring in all these stones and I've done a sweat lodge that was like 70 some odd stones wow. it was like ridiculous I crawled out of there like I was dying like, <laughs> oh my god and they called it a warrior's lodge only men were allowed in this one lodge oh. I've been in a lodge where there's been both okay. male and female female set on one side the male set on the other so it was intermixed mm-hmm. but this warrior lodge was like ridiculous amount of stones I'm like Ugh, I'm gonna do it I'm not gonna pass out I'm not gonna yeah. pass out and I got out of there I'm like Whew, I felt good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Boy, I was whooped. Yeah. Like they sucked your soul right out. But it's, yeah. that's the same thing as we're in mother. We're we're a part of Mother Earth. You're mm-hmm. in the womb. Mm-hmm. We're bringing up the heat, your sweat, and they bring in different medicines. And every uh, medicine man or elder will bring in their own medicine, saying, "Oh, this is what we got for today. Okay. So this lodge is going to be this, and don't okay. mix their medicines up. They'll heat them up. They'll throw them on the rocks and steam everybody. And we'll sing and drum." Mm-hmm. You know, or play flutes. Every lodge I've been in has been a little bit different. Okay. Some you can't talk, some you do. Some you just take in the time and the moment and you contemplate your yeah. own life. Uh-huh. You know, and every time I've been in a lodge, there's always been something crazy happening. Really? Like paranormal crazy? Like Yeah. Like little sea spears. I, I got hit in a lodge and I couldn't for the life of me figure out what happened. Yeah. And I thought, because I made my own pipe out of stone. And I finally had, uh-huh. was able to bring it to a lodge and smoke it. As soon as I lit that pipe up and took the first toke out of it, a spirit smacked me. And I mean, hit me hard. Oh, really? And it set me down. I, I got out of the lodge and I went and I laid down for the rest of the night. I'm like, man, I got smacked. Well, one Spiritual of the people, smack. Yeah. And one of, the, one of the people in the lodge, she goes, I didn't want to say this then because, you know, they're, they're, they don't like us talking about this. But I watched a spirit go right through you. Oh, wow. She's seen it. Wow. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks for the validation. I, there was something there. Yeah. You know, this wasn't just some rare coincidence. Because mm-hmm. we're like, oh, it's the pipe. It's this. It's this. No, 
where's the spirit saying thank you you know it was just validation yeah. going, I see you and now I'm going to be a part of you okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like okay thank you could you have been a little softer about it put a, part of the ritual is like okay you know you're going to you're going to be a, going from transition from this to this and you know and, and it could have been did. a greeting we don't know yeah. you and, know like, everyone I've went into that I've been able to participate in, and I've always asked politely, or I've been invited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them I've asked, you know, hey, do you mind if I be a part of your sweat lodge? And a lot of them are like, yeah, you, you understand you can't do this or this or this. I'm mm-hmm. like, I've been sober for the last week. I said, you know, because a lot of them don't want you to drink. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is fine because yeah. you're, you're sweating. You're, yeah. I've watched people come out who are heavy smokers uh-huh. and their whole skin is yellow because all that tar and nicotine really? come out of their system. Oh, okay. They, they sweat it all out. And they're like, I feel clean. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So why are you putting a cigarette yeah, in your mouth? So, right. And they're like, that's outside your Dude, marble. <laughs> what are you doing? We just cleansed you of all this crap. Uh-huh. Look at your skin. I mean, you can literally wipe it off with a towel and it turned yellow. And you're going to take another cigarette? And he goes, you have no idea, man. I really need smoke. I'm like, okay, I get you. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. you do you. But, okay, you know, it, it, each one is different. And, and I think it's a unique experience that I think, you know, people ever have a chance and go to the proper ones. Mm-hmm. Don't go to these ones that put up tarps. You yeah. Know, those plastic yeah. tarps where those people got sick because they weren't cleaning out the yeah. lodge. Oh, so all the lodges I've been to are have been canvas uh-huh. and then animal skins on top of that to maintain the heat. Okay. To keep the heat in the, the lodge. And I've come out and be below zero outside. You walk outside and go, whoo, <laughs> good, man. I'm, I can't beat this, you know, but you, you're, on, you're on your own high. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great... You know, segue the spirit yeah. to do something like that to at least enhance your own self. Yeah. You know, yeah. give you a chance to come back to earth and celebrate just that. Yeah. You know, your return to earth. Yeah. You know, celebrate. You know, their their whole thing is you don't take away from the earth that you can't give back. Mm-hmm. So I only take what I need. If I go mm-hmm. hunting, I only take what I need. Mm-hmm. I don't hunt for sports. Yeah. And the I don't natives, hunt for fun. The natives done all that. Yeah. yeah. I don't hunt for fun. Every ounce of that deer I take. Yeah. As soon as I harvest an animal or if I harvest a deer. The first thing I do is I plant corn and tobacco right where that, where that oh, animal died. Wow. And I say a prayer over that animal. Mm-hmm. Thank you for giving yourself to my family to mm-hmm. eat. Yeah. And then I take the animal and I do I do what I got to do with it. Yeah. I, I harness the skin. I keep the skin and everything else. Yeah. And the meat, it all goes to use. You know, I get the high tan and everything else. So yeah. to me, I, I celebrate it. But there's hunters out there that do it for sport. And I'm like, oh, why? Yeah. Why do you do it for sport? What? Because they just want to kill. What's your like, thrill? Oh, I want to kill. What's your thrill? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're killing an innocent animal. At least nothing. Because I've taught my kids the same thing. If you kill it, you're going to grill it. Yeah. And I came home when the kids had killed a squirrel. I said, well, that's dinner yeah. for you. <laughs> Excuse me? You're eating that squirrel. Uh-huh. You don't yeah. kill it and just sit there and let it die. You're eating that squirrel. Taught him how to skin it and cook it. And he ate it. Really? And I said, that's, that's the way. If you're going to mm-hmm. do this, you're going to lose respect. Yeah. yeah, at least show some respect. That's right. Yeah. So, and to me, that's we need to go back to teaching our children those values. Mm-hmm. We've gone away from that, oh. and I think it's atrocious that it's kids nowadays shit. don't understand. You know, it's not just rules or laws or regulations; it's just life, mm-hmm. compassion, empathy. Yeah. You know, people aren't taught that though. They're, They're not. not. Not anymore. I mean, I, I grew up that way, and I mean, I grew up. If you didn't say please and thank you at the dinner table or oh. at all, yeah. You got the shit smacked out of you. <laughs> by grandma. Right. By grandma. She right. reached over the table and said, excuse me? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And she'll ask you one more time, and you better say thank you or please, or you're going to get your smack. Yep. And, gonna... and do that with the spirits, too. When you're ghost hunting, yeah. be respectful and oh, say yeah. please and thank you. Don't, don't, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I never, I've, 
I told my team the one thing we do not do is antagonize. Yeah. Don't go in there and just, it's like me going into your house and saying, here, I want to pick a fight with you. Yeah, just right? walking into a random house and start Don't antagonize. yelling at me. Just be respectful. Mm-hmm. That's all they ask for. Yeah. You're, the, whether they live there or not, they live there. So it's still their home in their eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. So be respectful of them. Yeah. You know, even here at this hospital, you know, we're, we're at the Stinson. Be respectful. Mm-hmm. They're patients. They came here, they passed away. Okay, be respectful. Don't antagonize them. Don't mm-hmm. ramp them up. Say, here, come on over here and push me. I dare you. I dare yeah. you to possess me. Yeah. No, don't do that. How tough are you? Yeah. You know, Careful no. what you ask for. You might just get it. I've, I've had They're a lot more powerful than you are. They, they, they will do things that you will, you will be changing your underwear for. Yeah. And I've watched people that were, have been in the, in the field intimidate and antagonize and go in there and frustrate them. Left and never came back. Mm-hmm. I had a young man who was, uh, he was special. He had a challenge. He was born okay. with a challenge. Mm-hmm. I'll say it politely. I think it's the way to say it. Mm-hmm. First time ever investigating Auglaze in Ohio. Oh, yeah. And it's all a bunch of sorted buildings. But there's yeah. one set of buildings you don't go in unless you're experienced. And he went in. Yeah. And part of the guys that went in didn't know he was there. That he'd come in the room. Okay. He'd come in the building with them. Uh-huh. He came out, he was puking and everything. They, I mean, this this spirit was mean. Yeah. I watched what it did, but I wasn't there when it happened to this young man. And I'm and a buddy of mine goes, hey, can you come help me with this guy? And what happened? He was in building A. And I'm like, oh, no. Did you guys, we didn't know he was there. And I'm like, oh, my God. He had paid money for equipment and sold it that day. Okay. He spent wow. a small fortune to turn on sold it all. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I can't do this. Because he had a bad experience. He had a really bad experience, but it, it was unfortunate. Yeah. You know, and that's what we try. That's what I try to prevent. If you've never done this, mm-hmm. stick with me. I'll try to do what I can to protect you. I can only do so much. Right. But I can sit and tell you what you should or shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people when you go in, feel. Yeah. Don't think. Feel. Allow your feelings to come out. And that will give you the best experience because then you're feeling the environment. Yeah. Don't go in with any precognitive idea that, oh, a spirit's going to come over and grab your butt, you know, <laughs> which has happened, by oh, the way. Yeah. I mean, I've had people where, send they get their butt grabbed. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've had people get their hair pulled. I've had my shirt pulled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was in a town doing a town uh, thing, and it was happened to be a, a, a Masonic Lodge, an active oh. lodge. When I first went into the lodge, I walked up the stairs and they've got a tapestry. And I looked at the mason who was guiding us through, you know, to let us be there. Yeah. And I go, where's the other half of that tapestry? And he goes, excuse me? And I said, there's another half of that tapestry that's not here. He goes, how did you know that? I go, uh, the shirt says it all, son. Right? Yeah. And, he, and I turned around and he goes, oh. He goes, and he told me the story that they split the tapestry between two lodges okay. and they separated Okay. They created a sister lodge. Uh, okay. They got half of the tapestry. That's so interesting. But at the same time, I was sitting up there. I had an out-of-body voice that, that spoke in my ear, scared the snot out of me. <laughs> and I had my shirt tugged. Yeah. Someone came up and like they grabbed the bottom of my shirt uh-huh. and tugged it and got my attention. I'm like, okay, what can I do for you? And it mm-hmm. felt like a... We're getting ready to do awards. Oh, okay. I won. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Yeah. You won. You won. Well, I'm not wearing it. Too bad right now. Too bad. All right. Well, thank you. Yay! Joseph. What's the award? Best costume? costume. But you're not dressed anymore. I know. That's what I told her about. Thank you.
Perfect. This is alternative personality, yes. Pierre. Right. It's what Pierre. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to wrap it up here. Okay, we'll wrap up. it up. But we really, really. Oh my God, we learned so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Ken. Blessings no. to you. Thank and, you for um, allowing me to be a part of your love podcast. for you to come back because we have a whole show we want to wrap around the native culture yeah. and talk about spirits and, and oh, we can have a whole day so you that. have to come back or you have to call in because we absolutely probably got four more shows out of this guy yeah. <laughs> but thank you let yeah, me be no, a part of your podcast you. thank and you. thanks for the reading earlier that was amazing well as long as it got your attention and you'll it do did. something with it i hope yeah <laughs> if you don't that's your problem <laughs> that's how i look right. at it yeah and we want to thank you listener once again for tuning in this week like i said we really appreciate everything that you do, and you're there for us, and we are in your ear. But in the links of the show notes today, we will have links to Jen's Poshmark page. We'll have links to Ken's page. Check everything out. Thank you for tuning in this week, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye.